May 14th, 2023. We're continuing in Misilat Yesharim. We're nearing the end of Perik Yod Gimal. Perik Yod Gimal, if you recall, described Perishut, Perishut abstinence. It began the conversation with us, Misilat um, Yesharim did, of how there is a specific and particular appropriateness for each person to strive for a certain abstinence above and beyond uh, that which the Torah instructs. The Torah tells you specific halachot to distance yourself even further, something that's praiseworthy, something that might even be necessary in many circumstances. There was a question, of course, but wait a second, how come then it's not already included in the Torah? How come it's then not one of the gezerot of the hachamim? You're deciding, we're deciding individually, collectively, that we should distance ourselves further? That sounds dangerous. It sounds like it's against our tradition. Suggested Misilat Yesharim that we need to understand and be aware of the fact that perishut is for individuals. Perishut is not en masse. Perishut is not something appropriate for uh, the entirety of Am Yisrael. It is, however, in this book, even though he's not writing it only for the elite, it's in this book nonetheless because, uh, at the very least, a, a smaller measure of it can and should be appropriate for every person. Uh, the, the further you go along in terms of your avodat Hashem, the further you can uh, develop yourself with regards to perishut as well. But perishut as an entity is envisioned as something positive. Perishut as normative, as what everyone should be doing, inappropriate. However, we had particular and specific statements at the beginning of this perik where it was inappropriate to be parush, to be uh, abstaining and moving away from something. So you explain to a certain extent that, but Misilat Yesharim, is it ever inappropriate, maybe in individual circumstances? He now, in his final paragraphs, explains so sometimes it's completely and utterly inappropriate. Hara, he writes. However, the evil, the bad perishut, the inappropriate, the evil perishut, is when not only are you cutting off that which is excess, that's appropriate perishut, it's even that which is necessary, you cut off. You're supposed to be eating and drinking in order to maintain your health, but I'll cut that off. You're supposed to be in a uh, marital uh, relations uh, together with your spouse at the appropriate times. I'll cut that off. You're supposed to be involved in um, uh, making money so that you can sustain yourself and your family. I'll cut that off. That's perishut ra. That's the ways he says of the goyim hasichalim, the silly and foolish non-Jewish um, maybe priests or, or tribes or individuals. They'll go further and pain themselves, bring suffering in ways that God would never command and never be interested in. Quite the opposite. This is what we were mentioning earlier. The Hachamim warned us, don't torture yourself. Don't hold back that which is necessary. Now, I'm not going to receive, but you need to receive tzedakah in this situation. You're not able to sustain yourself. You're not able to. You're going... It's as if, it's as if you're spilling blood. You're, you're bringing your own demise, your family's demise, and anyone close to you by not accepting. But I want to be a parush. I need to be a person who's independent. It, generally speaking, is praiseworthy. But in circumstances, needs to be a reality in your life. 
if you do need to take. So what's that? A person who is debilitated. A family, which is dependent upon the patriarch to make money and to sustain the family, but the patriarch has an injury and illness which puts them out of commission. But the family decides we're not going to accept. Uh, by doing so, by the mother or whoever else, or the father himself doing so, the family in turn is, is bringing themselves into detrimental circumstances. Alternatively, the business took a turn for the bad. It went down, you hit a near bankruptcy. I'm going to build this up on my own. I built it initially on my own. I won't have the help and aid of others in order to get me off my feet. I understand the honor and the, uh, and the dignity that a person might have in so doing, but you're only hurting yourself. You're harming yourself. That our nefesh should be haya. Our soul should have life. We should give it life. Don't take away from that life. Continue that life. You might not need the excess. You should be cutting that which is beyond the necessary, but make certain that the necessary is there. Over here, he's been talking about life and enjoyments. Uh, that's that's the whole Perik has been talking about foods and be'ilot and ta'anugim. That's what he's talking well, about. The examples kind of Rabbi gave aren't like life enjoyments. Like that's what I'm saying. Well, the acceptance of tzedakah, it's money. It's money. It's a life. Acceptance of tzedakah is not enjoying good. Well, that's the point. That's exactly oh, the point. He, yeah, he's, he's contrasting. He's saying when it's just accepting, kideh hayav, you need to accept it. When it's beyond that, don't accept. Well, that's the point. He's that's saying enjoyable. this is that's the perishut, which is ra. You're not overindulging. You're not even indulging at all. You're just not. You're not what getting the bare necessities. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, we had that that other source. I forget the name that you taught us a long time ago. But like somebody's penal. Like he did something wrong now, so he penalized himself by rolling in the snow. Right. Sefer Hasidim. So now is 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 that contradictory to this? Or you're going to say no. This is is not talking about when you sin. Though. That's a great question. This is a great question. Um, I'll, I'll articulate it. There's a book called Sefer Hasidim written by the Biuda Hasid. His student was Rokeh, Rabbi Eliezer of, of Ramayza. And uh, each of them and many of their adherents, that's the Hasideh Ashkenaz, it's uh, rabbis and communities, a smaller community, who lived in Germany some 800 years ago or so. Uh, they talk about afflicting yourself mm-hmm. in time that you determined necessary. For example, they talk about a person who fell prey to sin. It's appropriate for them to put honey over themselves and have bees come and, and sting them and come close to death. Um, and, uh, the doctor mentioned as well rolling in the in the snow and uh, when, while being naked in order to afflict yourself as well. So is that contradicting this? Would Misilat Yesharim negate that? Uh, the, well, there's one of two interpretations. Either, yes, that's what he's telling us, not to be misagif, or as you mentioned, they're, they're articulating it in context of sin. I sinned, he's talking about in terms of an everyday life. I don't know that he per se, Misilat Yesharim, does led on to his addressing that issue. I can tell you he at no point specifically uh, mentions those as ideals. It's a very much an anomaly that there was and is a strand within Judaism that even imagined those things as positive. So I don't know that he's per se speaking against it over here, but he right, never speaks positively about it. Scenario in where you should have no, no, and to the best of my knowledge in none of its writings. Again, that's a particular Sefer Hasidim, Hasidash Ashkenaz approach to matters. Uh, which, as we've pointed out, Harambam has none of, nor do 
uh, most of the Sifre Halacha and Machshaba. Alright, anyway, so he says, Kol HaYashev Ta'anit Nikra Choteh, the Gemara Masechet Ta'anit. And now that doesn't mean that you cannot and should not be fasting when appropriate. That's talking, It's when you're not able to handle it. You're not able to handle it and you're fasting, you're debilitating yourself. You're taking away your ability uh, to go out and to be productive, even to study Torah. And it's, you know, it, it's, it comes to mind in this context, it's very much related, in the context of a silly hot for a ben Torah, uh, an individual who's, who's immersed in the study of Torah, if they were to wake up early for silly hot, they wouldn't be able to focus appropriately. But maybe that's the way it needs to be, and maybe they should pain themselves. No, but you'll be hurting yourself more than helping yourself. So yes, beautiful to wake up for the silihot. But if it's going to hurt your limud, I'm likening that to this situation, it's going to hurt your life, it's going to hurt your regular activities, so then it's just pain, which you're not able to sustain. Oh, you're able to do it, it's fantastic. What's that? Well, it's going to hurt your tarah. It's going to hurt your... I'm like, but it's the same thing. It's going to hurt your life, not your pleasures. Your life or your Torah, I'm equating the two. You're not going to be able to have food on the table. You're not going to be able to be a healthy person. You're not going to be able to study Torah. And that's where we draw the line. Okay, continues the message. Ve'hilel haya omer gomel nafsho ish hased al achilat haboker. Hilel hazaken used to say that there's a certain hes and a certain gimelut hasadim for yourself by eating breakfast, by taking care of yourself with the appropriate foods. Ve'hayaro chetz panav yadav lechvod kono. He would also make certain that he was clean with regards to his hands and his face. Kalvahomim diokano diokna'ot hamelachim that the statues and the uh, busts of kings were constantly cleaned and, and, and held uh, in, in high esteem and looking good and polished constantly. Uh, so to a person with Tzelem Elohim is supposed to do so. And as Masilah Yishayim is articulating over here, if they do it all the time for their idols, certainly we should be doing it for our bodies. Now again, why is that mentioned in our context? Because the concept is, if that's the appropriate... Um, way of treating yourself uh, to be misagif, to be misair, and not treat yourself like that is to be involved in perishut, which is ra, not a perishut, which is positive at all. That in turn is the true principle. If it's not necessary, if it's excess, if it's ta'anugim, which is above and beyond the bare necessities, you should be look, looking, putting yourself on the path to move away from them. If it's absolutely necessary, yes, physically and spiritually. So those are the two extremes we're really dealing with. Uh, is an absolute parush, uh, because the parush is able to realize this is all excess and I could strip myself away. And then the opposite extreme, uh, or, or the further extreme in that respect, maybe it's not opposites, is saying, I'll be parush from everything to the extent that it will affect my ability to properly be productive. That's wrong. concludes his perek by saying, I can't give you all the details. I can give you the principle. The details are going to have to be figured out on your own with shikul hadat. You're going to have to uh, properly scale and weigh circumstances, situations, decisions to be made. Every, every matter will be needed to be addressed in its appropriate circumstance. But I can't, he says, 
determine that for you. There are so many details. We know that from our lives. They're developing details with regards to these matters. So again, that's the principle of Pirishut. Pirishut is a direction. Pirishut is an ideal. Pirishut is not appropriate for each person as it is for the other. Pirishut in certain circumstances is inappropriate for all. In other circumstances, is an absolute necessity for everyone as well. Uh, continuing in Perik Yodalid, although he told us and he'll remind us, I can't get into all the details of Pirishut, Ramchal does begin to delineate, to break up a little bit in talking about Pirishut. What are the modes, what are the zones wherein you can enter into abstaining, moving away from something that's excess? He writes in Perik Yodalid, HaPirishut HaRashiim, there are three primary heads and, 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 uh, and separate areas of perishut, of abstaining, of separating. The first is in terms of pleasures. It's really what we addressed in the last perik, briefly. Perishut, bidinim. They're separating with regards to halacha, dinim, laws. Perishut, b'minhagim, and then improper conduct with other people. Again, each and every one of these will not be per se halakha. Each and every one of these is a decision a person makes that I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to build for myself those gates uh, so that I can appropriately, as Ramchal tells us, follow halakha, live a life of Torah mitzvot. First and foremost, ha-perishut bahanaot. He said the first one is, perishut is abstaining, is separating from uh, pleasures. Uh, he says, That's what I told you already in the last chapter. He says, It's important that you're not taking from this world with regards to benefiting and enjoying more than is absolutely necessary. Not to say, I'll remind again, that we're all there, that we all will be there. But to in our own lives determine what is that that I could cut for myself. It's it a little bit more specific. And he says, it's, the truth is, this is with regards to anything that will affect one of your senses. In any of the following types of circumstances, foods, uh, in, uh, relations, clothing, um, uh, uh, t- taking walks and traveling, shmuot, what you hear, each of these, each person needs to determine, well, what is it? Where is it that I draw the line with regards to what's unnecessary and what is necessary? To take a walk for your health is absolutely a necessity. That's what he talked about at the end of last Perik. That would be a perishut, which is ra, if a person is not taking the appropriate precautions for their body and maintaining health to take walks above and beyond that, to be involved in travels in ways that are uh, purposed specifically for pleasure. So again, each person needs to determine where they are on that, but that's what he's referring to. Now, what's the idea with regards to all these, even the hearing of other things? In each of these circumstances, and in truth, as I understand Perishut in totality, the concept as I understand it is with regards to a certain mindfulness the more my senses are honed in on myself, on what I need, the greater my focus and my mindfulness will be on them. If I'm used to, and it's our day and age very much so, if I'm used to hearing about what's happening throughout the world at all times, I have less patience, less focus 
on that which is taking place in my own life, within my Arba Amot. Not understood? Again, if I'm focusing my ears on that which is most necessary, well, I'm focusing it on things that surround me. If my ears alternatively are excessively listening to other things, listening to the news, paying attention to someone else's home issues, and paying attention to another person's life, I'm not able to focus it and be mindful with regards to my senses for myself. Each of these, the walks, the conversations, the clothing, each of these are about the more I focus my senses externally, the less focus I have internally. You know, I don't have so much brain capacity, so I'm thinking about clothing and shop a little bit, I can't learn good and pick one's You won't be able to, again, I'm, you're, you're, you're diverting, you know, you're, you're going from one sense to the next. I'll stay on the same sense, my listening. If I'm listening to the news of other people's homes, so then I'm not focused on the news in my own home. Malbushim, if I'm focused on nicer clothing, I'm not focused on, my clo- on, on maintaining my clothing as I have them. In terms of everything, the more I extend myself, the less I'm able to focus. That doesn't mean no, that... He's, his, 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 statement, his statement throughout will be, first and foremost, every person Number two, he's going to tell us at the conclusion, this is not to say that you separate yourself from the olam. He's very clear about that, and it's a life that Ramha lived, which was But it is to say, even while you are involved, to cut, to say... It's like a pie chart of 100%. Whatever you're going to allocate, and that is taking away from the other side. Simple, simple. That's right. That's you're Charles. not separating from the world. You're also, you're, I mean, the example you're giving up words in the wording that he, he should have listened too much. Shemuot. Because you're saying, you're saying it, in a way you're separated from the world. You're not mindful. You're, caught up you're never enjoying, enjoying the present world. because. That's right. Your that's, mind is always on worrying. The about truth is, else. in um, but it's it, not just be mindful. It's be mindful. It's be mindful. So you can do so well. that you can grow as a person. You're again. You're 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 turning it into a, a, a distraction from mitzvot. Might not distract you from mitzvot. It might. It might as well. But I'm saying to you as well. Even within that mode, you need to listen. Uh, you're not going to only listen to mitzvot all day. Well, what are you listening to? It might not even be bad. Keep in mind, not listening per se to lashon hara. But I'm focused on my own self-growth. I need, a, I need it within my Arba Amot. There is a, a, the Beit Midrash of Kelm. Kelm was, uh, it was a, the famous, uh, the altar of Kelm. It was a Midrash of, uh, they had a Beit Musar, fa- a famous Beit Musar, uh, a student of Rabbi Israel Salanter. So the, uh, an adherent of the Kelm school of thought, uh, many people have heard of Rav Dessler. Rav Dessler was a student of Kelm. His father was as well. But another one, his name was Rabbi Elia Lapian. Rabbi Elia Lapian, they have his books, Al HaTorah, they're called Lev Eliyahu. Recently, I've been publishing, taking those and ter- turning them. There's now a Sidur on the, from Rabbi Elia Lapian. There's a Haggadah, both of these came out recently. Anyway, I remember the, in the old Lev Eliyahu, it might be in the new version as well, they had certain stories separate from his his derashot on the parasha and on Musar about himself. And I remember reading the following, it made a real impression upon me <coughs> from <coughs> my yeshiva days. said that he was once waiting at a bus stop. This is when he was an old man. He was waiting at a bus stop and he was waiting for the bus to arrive and the bus was late. 
And at a certain point, he raised his head just to look up from whatever he was involved with to see if the bus was coming. And he turned to the person next to him and he said, if I was in Kelm, they would have punished me for doing so. I said, what do you mean? He said, why did I just raise my head? What was it going to help? Was the bus going to come faster by raising my head? We trained ourselves to focus ourselves, to be mindful of what we needed to be mindful of. The more, again, there's an extreme over there, but it's an extreme, in my opinion, push beauty. The button, once you really push it, you know? <laughs> there you go, pushing the elevator button. And, and I remember, I'm sure still, on computers, you, you click it 10 times until it loads. It's not going to load better. But again, here it's in terms of a small thing in your life, but you, you, the, the idea being he had trained himself so much so that in his old age, he says, I can't believe I just did that, that his head and his focus was and what he was involved with. He didn't spin to hear something. Else. It's, uh, it's, it's a very high level. I remember once reading, uh, the, you know, there was a rabbi who walked into the Midrash and the whole Midrash stood up for him. And he rebuked them. He says, why are you standing up for me? You walked in. He says, you should have been immersed in your limud. How was it that you realized I came in? It's about a certain focus and mindfulness. Again, these are specific circumstances. But a lot of these excesses, these pity shoes. If the bus has a flat tire, He's, so you have to sit over there another two hours? No, 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 no. He's sitting at the bus stop. Okay, so he's waiting for the bus. He'll find out. He'll find out. He's with a person. He's not going, Tom. I'm telling you, he was a very practical person. Okay, I'm not talking the about idea was, the idea was, and we all, I mean, you don't know this. You've never been at a bus. There's, I once saw a comedian make fun of it. You're at the bus stop, and everyone starts stepping into the street to look down. Yeah, what are you yeah. affecting by looking into the street and looking down? I'm not saying it's a, such a midara. But I am saying if it's a person. But is it making it better for you? What's changing yeah, yeah, in your life? It makes it worse. It makes it worse. And, and, and I'll go. You get angry at how late the bus is. The guy who's sitting no, there you're playing. You're playing your day. You're playing the day with this. Good. So let me say it again. By him looking, it wasn't changing anything. If he sees it, it's within a minute of coming. wasn't changing his plan. Okay. I, he's not telling you that Same. now when you have the subway and it tells you when it's coming. Once it's coming, why are the people still here? Everyone, they're still looking down the tunnel. What are you looking at? He was reading something important. Or, or, Charles, he was focused. Whatever he it was is. focused. And to be focused and mindful of yourself and in touch with yourself, there's a ma'ala in it of itself with regards to your growth in that fashion. What's that? How does that translate to Mabushim Bila? Again, I'm not taking care of my clothing. But in such a circumstance, I'm focused on excess, on externals instead of who I am. The more clothing and the fancier clothing I get, the less focus I have on myself. The more the less focus I have on necessities. Not to say because that's not part of my life. It is to say that the more I focus on that, which is peripheral, the less I'm focused on the true matter, which is myself, my connection to God. Says, of course, we draw a distinction on the days in which there's a mitzvah to have onik. Shabbat, Shabbat onik. On the holidays, there's a mitzvah of simchat yom top. So over there, there's a mitzvah. Over there, we go beyond. But beyond to what extent? Of course, Kolehad needs to, every person needs to determine appropriately. This next paragraph, Mesilat Yesharim, uh, develops for us the Perishut in Dinim. That's a very important one. And again, I think we need to properly contextualize it based on what we discussed 
and addressed earlier, uh, or just a moment ago, with regards to the purpose and the overarching purpose of Pirishut. Ha-Pirishut Badinim. What does it mean to have separation, to have abstinence with regards to halakha, law, Jewish law? Hulachmir bahen tamid. An opening statement which makes some feel uncomfortable. It's to always be stringent. To go like the opinion, which is a minority opinion, even though the halakha doesn't follow it. However, that's on condition. It can't be that your humra, your stringency, brings you to a leniency. But it should be. Not in every circumstance for every person, but there is a level to be achieved, says Mesilat Yesharim, to build gates and barriers within halakha when you could understand the other opinion. Not to instruct others to do so, but to build for yourself some appropriateness. Now, if it's going to be a humrah, which brings to a kula, meaning it will take my focus away from what I'm supposed to be doing, then it's inappropriate. Alternatively, I'm explaining it. Alternatively, if it focuses me on the mitzvah, and I better fulfill it, so then it's an appropriate uh, humrah. Again, the, the concept I, I read not too long ago, an article, someone was summarizing what Meshiloach, Meshiloach was the Ishbitzer Rebbe. And uh, he suggests in uh, his, in, his explanation of humrot and Pesach, he likens these quotes of Pasuk from Shir Hashirim, which talks about jewels around the neck of a person. And says, the jewels around the neck of a person are those humrot. What's the idea? The idea is the jewels are supposed to draw your attention to the neck. The jewels are not supposed to draw you away from the, the purpose. They're not supposed to uh, confine. They're not supposed to be something which separates you from your purpose, from your task. It's supposed to refine. It's supposed to change your perspective and understand that I pushed away other things so that I could focus appropriately on this. That's a proper humrah. And humrot are not inappropriate. They're inappropriate if they're being preached to others who are not feeling or uh, appropriately at that place. But if for you, I'll give examples of such, but if for you you're able to and realize that this humrah, being honest with yourself, is something A, you could do, it won't throw you off in terms of your involvement with others. It won't throw you off in terms of your involvement with other mitzvot and your lifestyle in an appropriate way. Well, then that's appropriate, not because it confines, not because it removes, but rather because it refines, is the understanding as I have it. There's a makom safik, and you could be mekil, you could be, it's a safik that a banan, but you want to be machmir, you think it appropriate, says Mesilai Shalim, that's an appropriate perishut. Uh, so he cites from Gimaran Hulin, which is Doresh Pasuk in Yechezkel, um, that uh, his exclamation was, I didn't eat a, from an animal that needed a Hora'at Hakam. Oh, so there's a question about this animal. Is it kosher? Is it not kosher? Ultimately speaking, it is kosher. I'm not eating from it. Uh, why are you not eating from it? Well, it was a suffix. And I didn't eat from something that's kos kos. The interpretation to kos kos means shot shot. Slaughter, 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 slaughter. And I was, we're nervous about this. This animal, we're not sure if it's terefa. Slaughter it before we see whether it's actually terefa, if it's going to die quickly. In those situations, it might be kosher. But again, it takes away from my sensitivity to what the mitzvah is. 
these are and will be circumstances where if a Chumrah is properly executed, it makes me more refined with regards to my appreciation for what I'm doing, for the connection that I'm seeking. If it's alternatively turning it into a restrictive life, where you say the reason I'm doing this is so that I have more torture, I have more uh, suffering, I move myself away, that's not appropriate. These are circumstances where it's mutar, but he was מחמובדיה He won't be posek that way for the kilal. He will tell you if you're looking for a pity shoot in this circumstance, this is an appropriate situation in his mind. I, I, I accept. He cites the Gemara in Hulin. This is with regards to waiting between meat and dairy. The Gemara says that Morukva said about himself, I am to my father like vinegar to wine. How so? My father, if he would eat meat, he would wait a full day until, until he ate dairy. And it's a full day until 24 hours. But for me, But about myself, I'm not so mahmir. I go from meal to meal, which is interpreted in different ways. But ultimately speaking, listen to the words. Even Morukva described himself as a person who wasn't ready for that pity shoot, who said the pity shoot of my father would be inappropriate for, for me. It would be yuhara for me. It would be distracting for me. My father's pity shoot was altogether appropriate for himself that he waited 24 hours in between milk and meat. For me, it would ruin my life. For me, it's true. I have something to strive for, but that's not who I am. It's not who I can be right now. And as we know, the Pesach Halacha is not to wait 24 hours in between milk and meat. It is interesting, parenthetically, that there is from Ariza, from Zohar, in truth, from Zohar, there is a Ma'amar that seems to say you're not supposed to have milk and meat on the same day, which is a fascinating thing. Because, you know, the Gemara and Misilat Yesharim's reading of it very clearly is telling us that's not who you are. Uh, whereas uh, maybe alternatively, they are making it normative, but there are different interpretations to how to understand that. If the Pesach Halacha was like his father, Morukva would not say, I just go from meal to meal. His father was Mahmir with his Pirishut. That's why he referred to himself as the vinegar, the son of wine. And that's not 
not something embarrassing and it's not something inappropriate for the Gemara to express and say, oh, Morukva was only the vinegar. It's a description. There are levels, there are achievements, there are circumstances, situations, appropriate for some and inappropriate for others. Vehaperishut beminhagim, he concludes, Mesilat Yisharim does, let's just begin this paragraph. Hua itbodedut vehahibadel minachevra hamedinit it says Misilat Yesharim, the last, and that's what I told you he's going to address. He says it's Hitbodidut. Hitbodidut, in today's day and age, is very much made famous from the Breslov Chassidim. They very much focused on a separation time. But we've had it for time immemorial, the appropriateness of separating yourself so that you can contemplate and introspect appropriately when you're by yourself. The same exact point, Ralph, again. If you want to focus properly, pity, what does this have to do with pity shoot? You're separating yourself from others so that you can focus on yourself. I'll mention in this context, Mesilat Yesharim does immediately, he says, but don't go to an extreme on this. Don't take yourself away from society. He'll quote from Ma'amare Hakamim, who say there's so much to be gained and achieved through camaraderie and conversations and growth together with others. But I'll mention, as he is, that there's an appropriate balance with regards to this. There needs to be time for individual thought and introspection, and there needs to be time for engaging with others. I mentioned in an earlier class, when I met with Rav so I was with a friend and my friend asked him, how should we study Musar? Should we be learning it on our own or with a Havruta? He said, first and foremost, Musar, books like Misilat Yesharim, Sha'aret Teshubah, Havot Alevavot, and so forth, should be learned with a Havruta. He says, that's my tradition. The tradition is we learn it as if it's a full-fledged limu, just like you study Gemara, you study these books and you think about every word and you discuss it. He said, however, when it comes to this, Musar, as opposed to Talmud per se, although can should be discussed separately as Mesilah, Yisharim will, whether appropriate individual study of Talmud is good, in other words, that's the right way to do it, but he said, when it comes to Musar, introspection, thinking about yourself, searching for growth, there needs to be self-taught. So he said, even if you're doing five days a week together with another, there needs to be one day a week on your own. Even if you're doing four hours a week together with another, there needs to be one on your own. Introspection, the sitbodedut, needs to be carefully balanced, but it needs to be there. Perishut, then, Misilat Yesharim told us here in Perik Yodalit, is very much about separating from the excess, separating from the outside, so you can look inwardly, so you can truly tap into your own senses, your own mind, your own heart, your own connection. Amen, amen.